everyone. Welcome to the House of Learning podcast. You've got Steve, Angela and Richard back again. Hello. We are continuing along in Habakkuk yes. and uh, our conversation today is going to be about justice because we've got to this part in Habakkuk where, Hab- like the, the quick recap, Habakkuk's lamented, ah, God, what's going on? And God's like, ah, oh, I'm doing something amazing. Don't worry, I'm up to stuff. Let me tell you, you won't even believe it. Um, there's going to be massive judgment. <laughs> and Habakkuk's like, what? You can't use the Babylonians. What's going on? Who are you, God? Um, and then God answers again. And uh, we had this high point of kind of Habakkuk being drawn to trust in God and know that um, what's going to happen is going to move towards like a good outcome because God is good. And he's sort of wrestling with what he can see and envisage, but what he knows of God. And faith is that kind of bridge that allows him to mm. navigate that territory. Um, mm. But but then God does something really interesting. That, and this feels a bit more like some of the other sections in the prophets during this time, where God says, like, I just want to let you know like how I feel about some of the stuff that's going on. So God's like, I'm going to point at some things and say, this is wrong because this is wrong. Mm. Like, here's some stuff that's wrong. And it's um, it reminds me a lot of the Beatitudes, actually. Mm. It's like, woe to this. They're like a series of oracles, like, woe to this, woe to this, woe to this. Calling things out, explaining what's wrong, and that God's going to do something about the things that are wrong. And uh, we're going to actually talk about that in more detail, maybe next podcast, next week in terms of like how can we learn from the specifics because if god's against something and sometimes what shows up is you ought to be for this that's Mm. like that's practical for us to be like oh okay i want to take a stand against that or contribute to this other thing yeah whatever it is um but it um I mean, it's sort of funny. I, I think when we think of the Beatitudes, it's one of those places where we're like, oh, yeah, this is God's upside-down kingdom. Like totally God, unexpected. God's values, God's way mm-hmm. of doing things in the kingdom are really <clears throat> different to like a bunch of broken humans would think. Yeah. And these woes, the, there is a, a similar thing going on where um, it, it's sort of a window into God's heart for justice. And it is just a snapshot of yeah. some things. But as we start to think about so what God's justice is like, we quickly run into a similar sort of realization that like, oh, it's kind of like an upside down kingdom version of human justice. Like human yeah, justice yeah. is partial and incomplete um, and God's got more. And so, yeah, it's sort of, sort of interesting as Habakkuk makes us think like, okay, so... Like, what is God's heart for justice? Because understanding that actually gives us hope. It encourages our faith, helps us navigate what's going on, things like that. Yeah. It's like, okay, I want to I wanna understand that. So, um, yeah, sort of interesting as we bump into a huge topic um, in Habakkuk, it makes us pause and think, okay, so, like, what's a good way to think about God's justice that then... We, we kind of want to have the big picture to help us understand some of the detailed things Habakkuk mm, says. Mm, so, mm. so that's what's going on in, in Habakkuk and in our conversation this and, week. And so we're in week five, and these woes start in Habakkuk 2, 
nine through twenty, or I'm sorry, six through twenty. So those are that's the um, those are the verses that we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. If you're following along, and perhaps maybe hit pause and and read those before we yeah. go forward. And we got all sorts in there. Mm-hmm. There's like sexual violence, spiritual manipulation, like actual physical violence, uh, economic manipulation. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of things um, that are being pointed at. And you know what what stands out too, just like n- not even diving into any of the details, but this whole section, and I almost go back up to even verse four there, but really, this is a substantial part of the entire book. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. this is almost a third of everything that's in the book. So it tells us as God's drawn him to this position of, uh, you know, drawing him forward in his faith towards hope, he's going to say, this is an important thing that he's telling Habakkuk. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, I have a point of view on this, and it's bigger and broader than you think. And, like, really important, I I just think how it it could be possible to mishear the book of Habakkuk. Hmm. So you could be like, okay, well, God uses, like, suffering. He uses unjust people because he can still accomplish his thing because he's a master, like, planner. Like, God's able to orchestrate things in ways we can't. So I guess it just doesn't matter what I do. Because God's God's going to use it anyway. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, this is a really clear call that like in the midst of the chaos mm, mm. of like what God is up to, we still are called to be against injustice and be people who contribute justice to the mm, world. Mm. So there's something, uh, an important piece of the jigsaw practically about like yeah. how to be um, as the people of God. So today we're going to be really be talking about, and hopefully you'll come away with like this growth, this growing in the wisdom of how complex justice truly is, maybe start to think about it in a different way. And then also how to think about it as God does, right? That's he's thinking about justice in the way God does. And we're going to use examples in the Bible um, should be really helpful. I think in today's conversation, you know what I want to just point out as well, like frankly, at the very beginning, Habakkuk's lament starts with a, a call, and why do you make me look at injustice? Yeah. He starts in that place of what's happening in Israel as well. So uh, it took us a while to sort of, you know, as God's sort of drawn him through this, but yeah. now we're going to get a very different Because that's the way Habakkuk could have made himself feel better. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be less upset by what I'm seeing by not caring about how the poor are being mistreated as much. Yeah. I'm just going to say, like, that's, that's not something that I should really care about as much. Mm-hmm. So now it doesn't hurt as much, so I don't feel as bad. Mm-hmm. But God's like, no, no, you're doing the right thing. Like, that's a careworthy thing. That's a good observation. That should affect you, Habakkuk. And so the woes are really important to help us understand that mm. Habakkuk's heart hurting because of what's going on is the right thing to be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we do, um, yeah, we we can either be apathetic or stick our head in the sand to things sometimes because we feel a bit overwhelmed or unsure of what to do or, yeah, lo- lots of other things. Mm, mm. Which is actually like that's going to be one of the community questions this week. I think sometimes 
we have a culture that shouts at us that we should give our whole heart, we should be weeping in tears over every injustice. And actually, I'm not sure that's what I see modeled in the Bible. Mm. I think God does. Mm-hmm. But I think actually humans are like positioned in different places um, to be like commissioned as partners to care for some of the things around them. So it's like together we make up this net through which God is able to like like lay a net over all the injustice and catch it all. Mm. But not that each one of us is supposed to like <coughs> carry care for every single injustice. Mm-hmm. God's actually distributing us as a team to care for the world. So that's a, a sort of another interesting aspect as care is reaffirmed in Habakkuk is for us to think, okay, so how will I direct my care? And a part of that is understanding the conversation we want to have, which I promise we're going to get to. Like, what is God's? <laughs> what, so, what is God's justice? Yeah, like, what? Yeah, yeah. How big is it? Like, where can my care roam? Like, what's the box that my care can run yeah. around in and discover things to care for? Well, um, but the other part is the spirit ledness of like, okay, and God, and what do you want me to care for? Yeah, because I, then I could, um, yeah, like I, I want to partner God in that way that like His plan who he's made me to be, where he situated me, his orchestrating things that I will not fathom because there's so much I don't get yeah. can actually become something. Like I'm going to let God do that thing. Yeah. I, I want to ask you about something you said before, it really around this sort of distributed care, etc. I just want to make sure and, and clear, I don't hear you saying... Because I was distributed here, that means I cannot care about these other things. Nice. Yeah. 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 That's that's really important, I think. Don't walk away thinking, oh, this is what God's shaped me to care for, so I can care less about. Yeah. It's other almost, issue. It's almost not like, a, like a musical instrument. Yeah. Like <clears throat> by its tuning and, and, and composition and structure and the way it's made, it's designed to resonate with certain things. Mm. So like a like a tuning fork, like mm. when we bump into a certain form of injustice, it should it should do affect us in some way. Um, but not every instrument is kind of designed to make the same sound. Mm. And so there's like a, as we think about like our effect, our place in the world. Yeah. There's oh, like yeah. places where we're fitted to really um, like play a tune that's going to matter. Mm. Um, so and we're. And we're using this idea of care for injustice. I'd like to think of it not that if there's something that we're not in tune with, a form of injustice, it doesn't mean that we don't care about it. We have compassion. Of course, we can have compassion, but we're not feeling deployed to do something about it. Right, and there's right? a really interesting thing about what justice is because we've said care about, mm-hmm. right? So there's two forms of care. One is passive, mm-hmm. like oh, you know, I heard about something that happened and I'm like, oh, that's really sad. Like there's something about me mm-hmm. where I yeah. know the right response mm-hmm. like uh, to that thing. The other kind of care though is like I hear about something that happened and I get in my car and I drive over yeah. and I'm like, I'm going to Active help. versus passive, yeah. yeah. And justice is, is a verb. Mm-hmm. Justice is something we do. And it's actually about using our agency in partnership with, with God as part of the creation mandate, actually, to like undo chaos, mm, mm. is to go be agents who are unchaosing the world by partnering with God. So doing justice is not just about like, well, I haven't sinned, like I haven't done wrong. 
Mm-hmm. But it's actually about viewing the world as a place that needs shaping towards justice mm-hmm. and being active in that. So, so there's a little bit of a distant difference mm-hmm. between the way we use the term morality and the way we use the term justice. So when we think of morality, and there are like conversations you can have about morality that really overlap a lot with justice, but we tend to talk about like, am I like, should I do that? Should I watch that? Should I say that? Should I tell that lie? You know, like we're we're sort of thinking about whether I should, you know, I'm doing something that's a good thing or a bad thing. Will I be held morally culpable or will I be held morally praiseworthy for my actions? And the thing is, you can you can be like a moral person in that sense where you're trying to be someone that's like, man, I've not lied to people. I've not like pissed off my coworkers, you know, I've um, not been unkind to people, you know, like I've tried to do lots of moral things and, and, and stay away from being immoral. But around you, if the world is languishing and you're not noticing and you're not active, you're not a person of justice in the sense that God talks about mm-hmm. justice. Mm-hmm. And, and you, I, I like how you expressed it in the, sort of the unchaosing of the world mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I think too often, you know, my view might be a little bit limited in so far as um, that notion of justice is, uh, you know, the penalty for doing something wrong is the consequence of doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and what I hear you saying there is that more that call into, there's that's part of it, for sure, but there's also a call into actually stepping into and in, in renewing and yeah, in the unchaos. Yeah, yeah, not just undoing, but but contributing positive in a in a, in an active and positive restorative way. Yeah, so it's yeah, not just penalizing; it's yeah. restoring. And our like our cultural heritage in the West is that we're not we don't have a very holistic vision of justice. Mm. So we've tended to maximize the aspects of justice that are to do with like retribution. Mm. So mm. retributive mm-hmm. justice. Okay. So someone, um, you know, assaults someone and they go to prison and they get locked up for 20 years. Yeah. They are, they are hurt for the wrong they've done. And but that's justice. That, that's what we say as a culture. does that make it right? Mm. Right. Like does that, and by right, I mean, does that restore both the assaulter and the assault e and all the people affected by it mm-hmm. no, like that's justice mm-hmm. and i think because we've got uh, we have this interesting thing in the west that when we ask moral questions we often snap to what our legislative policies are mm-hmm. and, and but our legislative policies are to do with what we can as a society do in in terms of like um, rules and policies, structures and institutions that are supposed to contribute to justice, mm-hmm. but they are, of course, going to be very limited. They don't define justice. Yeah. And actually, we've seen uh, like a, a change in the West in the last hundred years where actually um, we've seen more institutions step into restorative justice alongside the continuing exercise of policies and institutions that are to do with retributive justice. So like victim support and, you know, things like this. Mm-hmm. And so like our, 
we, we are as a culture changing a little bit, but our heritage is a strong bent towards maybe an aspect of justice. But I'm not sure I'd want to say justice because it's such a you know a, a tiny slice mm. of the pie. It's significant, but it's it's not even over half. You know, yeah. so it's kind of like it's really easy for us to have these kind of cultural habits of thought mm-hmm. where when we think about justice, we end up thinking about a part, not the whole of it. For so it's almost like mm-hmm. we're culturally primed to misunderstand when God talks about justice. Mm. Yeah, because we have this predisposition. Justice equals punishment. That's what we're thinking. Justice yeah. equals, you know, um, and, and, and that's only, like you said, a tiny slice in God's economy, justice equals restoration yeah. as well. It's both. And so at the same time, yeah, which is like kind of mind blowing. And so um, I think we should uh, just maybe dwell on that a little bit, you know, yeah, and we're like it's if you stop and watch, it's clear that we are confused about justice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like look at our culture, right? You've got people in different geographical locations in different parts of the political spectrum, uh, gendered differently from different ethnic backgrounds, from different um, economic backgrounds, like all these different people clamoring that justice is this and this is the right thing to do to restore. And they all claim to be people that are like pro-justice, they're for the good, they're for the right. Mm -hmm. And yet they're completely at loggerheads. Like, can it mm. really be true that the people in my tribe are right and everyone else has just completely got justice wrong? Or could that indicate that everyone's got a little bit of an understanding but is missing some stuff and we need to actually work in dialoguing and trying to put this jigsaw together mm. because it's mm. become very fragmented? Mm-hmm. I, it it mm-hmm. just sort of amazes me that there's all this public discourse on yes. social media, on uh, on news channels, in the media, things like this, ostracizing and demonizing people who hold a different view as if, you know, well, they say this, but they're clearly like evil people who don't care about justice at all. And I just like, really? Like, do we really believe that? Like, like that these people are so, that the others are so self-deceived that they actually don't understand justice at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems such a leap to take, mm-hmm. a, 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 like a way to frame and rationalize what's really going on, rather than concluding, I bet we're all missing some stuff. Because everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else with in the context of, well, that person's a hypocrite. How can they be talking about justice yeah. when their actions show something mm. else? But like even saying that is hypocritical. Yeah. Right. So it's like, like to your point, everybody's missing it. Um, is it possible? Is it possible in this sinful world to n- never get it right? And actually, I would argue it is. Okay. Impossible to get it one hundred percent right. Okay. So this is this is get like put my philosopher hat on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm interested. But I I think you know you've got like different systems to help us think through the right and the good, mm-hmm. and and justice is about extending that in a way that's more holistic. Um, but I don't think I've ever come across like a system of like normative ethics or virtue ethics that by itself is going to answer all the questions. I think a lot of ethics is very situational. 
and and you almost need to like pull down a different system, a different way of processing it, mm-hmm. depending on what the needs are and what's going on. And you see this like wild mixture of different approaches to processing these things throughout scripture. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is so multifaceted and so complicated that none of us could write a book and be like, there you go, that's how to do justice. Mm-hmm. That's all of it. Like it's all in there. And I, because I, I think even what's in scripture is like, man, that gives us some ingredients, but how to bake the justice pie over here with what's going on is going to need like God's fresh creativity and leading of the spirit to understand how to use those ingredients. Mm. Okay, so situational so it's specific. very situational. All right. And, and very complicated. Mm-hmm. And that's why like I think even Christians that like love Jesus and love the scripture and have explored justice are going to bump into the complexity of a situation and probably going to bump into disagreement about like, yeah, but what do we do? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the way, what's the right way to apportion our care? Yeah. You know, like, I just think if you don't, if you don't think there is that complexity, which I think we should breed in us a willingness to dialogue, to listen, humility, cautiousness, patience, things like that. Um, you're kidding yourself. Like yeah, we're not going to get it somehow completely be sold right. up the river with a, a version that justice and goodness and morality is black and white in some easily accessible way. And it's going to leave you with blind spots. Because as I watch the confusion mm-hmm. and even notice in myself, like there's some things people shout about where I'm like, oh yeah, like I easily get why you're shouting. And other things people shout about where I'm like, I don't understand why you're shouting about mm. that. Yeah. Like that should be revealing to me. Like, what am I missing? About what your blind spot is. Yeah. 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 You know, you said something um, earlier, too, when we were just talking about this and, and prepping for this a little bit that's just stuck in my head because what you're describing is this holistic view of justice that the more I'm sort of just absorbing and listening is is this notion that it's far bigger and far more faceted and complex and than, uh, than I start off with. And you said earlier, hey, you know, we approach um, we approach God and say, hey, we could learn about God's love for all eternity and never fully unpack it. Yeah, which um, we all say all the time, right? Sounds That's really easy. Right. But yeah. why not justice? And, and I yeah. think what I hear you saying is actually justice is God's view of justice is something we can continue to grow in understanding. And it takes a little, like you said earlier, it's going to take some humility for us to say, yeah. maybe I don't have a complete view of it and mm-hmm. uh, and God can teach me. Yeah, the th- and here's the weird thing. It takes humility to admit that we're going to learn about God's love and we've got a really partial understanding yeah. of that. And it kind of befuddles me. Why is it if someone says to me, hey, we've got so much to learn, we're going to be learning about justice for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Why do I get defensive? Yeah. Why? What's the difference? <laughs> and I'm just, I'm not <clears throat> sure if there's something about human brokenness and like this propensity the enemy works out in our flesh to try to defend our sin that's mm. like at the root of this. But but I can see the enemy at work in uh, culture um, sort of uh, one of the cultural mandates that complicates our public discourse about justice 
is that we should all be paragons of justice. We should all be these like virtuous, upstanding people. Like it's not okay in our society right now to enter the conversation and be like, actually, I'm really confused by this. Like that's where you get canceled. Yeah. Mm. Right. Politicians can't stand up in a debate and say, I think we need to like, we need to think about this more. This is actually a really tough question. You get labeled as just your week. You don't have the yeah. info. You don't have what And it you takes. get labeled by that on the left mm-hmm. and the right, mm-hmm. like all the different spectrum of mm-hmm. people. Right. And so this the culture is not helping us be people who are curious to learn about justice. And that is, it is uh, sort of stigmatizing people in a way that's inhibiting our ability to grow. And I think this is one of the beautiful ways Jesus people can have effect on our culture is hold space for humility and curiosity and learning because yeah. uh, it's so needed. So be an example also to like people who are not Christians as Christians, a posture of humility that we don't have all of the answers that we, that we we're not here to start judging people on on everything yeah. because that's hold a space of being curious and um, and asking good questions. And I, and I think people get nervous when they hear that because they're mm-hmm. like, "But we've got the scriptures, shouldn't we have yes. something to say?" Yes. Yes, we have yes. got something to say, and we should be courageous and bold yes. and full of faith to share it mm-hmm. in dialogue. In dialogue, not in, in judgment. Dialogue. There it is. That's mm-hmm. the thing because that both is going to circumvent any pride and blind spot we've got because I bet we're not getting all we of what scripture, Scripture's got to show us. Mm-hmm. And it offers it in a way that makes it easier for someone else to receive rather than get defensive. Yeah, it's a yeah. restorative approach rather than a punitive approach. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is this is true if you're like, maybe you work in local government and there's a debate you're a part yeah. of. It's true if you're talking to your kids about why something was wrong. Yeah. Like it's it's really interesting that this attitude, like Paul talks about it, like, like we, uh, sorry, Peter, that we should engage with those who disagree with all gentleness. Yeah. If perhaps God may lead them into transformation. Mm. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But it's like, we're not good at that attitude. <laughs> well, it's we're not. But no. we got to learn it, man. Yeah, the, the Jesus practice. was a master at it. <laughs> yes. The attitude of, um, uh, like, I, I've been thinking about this love, you know, and exploring God's character of love versus His ongoing learning about justice. Because I think I can approach. Um, it's I've been conditioned. You know, I understand that actually I don't love perfectly, mm-hmm. but I sure want to believe. I'm a just person. And that stigma of not being just is really hard for me to overcome. And it's it blinds me to the fact that, like, if I were honest with myself, just as I don't love perfectly, I am not just as God wants me to be yeah. in a lot of aspects. Yeah. And without getting there, I don't know if I can learn about justice. Oh, and that's, like, that's so the power good. of shame and guilt. You know, it's like we may be settled on that. Yeah. I've worked really hard with Jesus to like stop doing some of the things yeah. he showed me were wrong. Yeah. And like, that's was so hard work. Yeah. And then like you're invited to lift up your eyes and see that like all the sin around you is something that you're responsible for engaging yeah. to. And you're just like, oof. Like it's too much. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Like one of the, the great 
um, parts of the Bible about sin says, uh, if you know to do good, so if you know something would be good to do and you don't do it, that for you is sin. Yeah. So yeah. it's not just like avoiding evil, mm. but it's like then the justice call. So like, so if I could ha have a good impact on my city, on my neighbor, mm -hmm. on my workplace, on my colleague, on my friend, on my family, and I'm not, that's sin too. And there's something inside of us, like our pride and that voice of shame that's just mm. like, I can't countenance making space for thinking about myself that way because that overwhelms mm. me. Mm. And what we actually need in that moment is to just be able to lament like Psalm 51, like, oh God, I just realized how unrighteous I am. Mm -hmm. How much room I've got to grow. I am so glad that you cover my shame, that yeah. you meet me in my injustice and say, I'm still going to grow you. I'm yeah. still going to use you. I'm still going to love you and be in relationship with you. And I'm going to grow you in this. That's and such you, grace. you don't need that shame to... Uh, get you stuck in yeah. growth. And that's that's one of the sad things, is like the gospel is supposed to give us freedom to grow into these things. Mm. And um, and I think it's an area where Western Christians, again, with their predisposition to think about justice as like punishment. Mm -hmm. So then like, oh, well, if I'm well affected by the gospel, I want to be the kind of Christian that's not doing the things that are calling down punishment. Mm -hmm. So I'm not harming people. Mm. And it's like, yeah, okay. But you're not sort of actively harming people, but are you contributing to the good that you're not even responsible for, but God may call you to care for? Mm. You're not directly responsible for, mm -hmm. you know, like my neighbor's suffering because they're an idiot. Go care for them. Yeah. Like, yeah. what well, do I have to? Yeah, that's what justice is. And if you don't, mm -hmm. it's actually a sin. And it's also like, a sin. <laughs> yeah, and that that idea also of delayed obedience is disobedience. Yeah. So yeah. like when he puts it on his heart, <laughs> he has a time frame in mind and the time is now. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because yeah. he's putting it on our heart now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but here's the good thing about all of the grace and the mercy and God's invitation is like when we catch a glimpse of just how much bigger God's version of justice is, we can be like, that's a mountain that's too big to climb, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And and there's something good about God being like, you're at the bottom of the mountain, that's okay. Like I'm meeting you right now. Yeah. Maybe you're listening to this right now, being like, I'm at the bottom of the mountain in some ways. Hmm. Like, and But God's talking to you. And if he's stirring your heart, it's like, I want to meet you there. Yeah. Like, yeah. let me show you how to climb the next 10 feet yeah. up. Yeah. Right? And um, like God, the way God works with us is to like grow us step by step. And you see this mm -hmm. in so many of the biblical characters. Like mm -hmm. God doesn't hold out an ideal and be like, step to it. And if you don't, that's it. I'm going to crush you. But right. actually like step at a time, an aspect of a time at a time, growing a, like a little part of them at a time. God, like God has a strategy with us. Mm -hmm. And that just, that allows us to hold this tension of like, I see the ideal. It's helping me find North but then I'm able to hold on to where I'm at and invite God to show me my next step, mm -hmm. not just the destination. So it's really mm. important in our formation with Jesus that as we talk big picture concepts and big picture vision of God, that we don't just be like, yeah, it's too big, yeah. so I'm out. 
we don't want to be overwhelmed. Yeah, it does. It can just turn us off. Like, oh, I don't understand this. It's too big. I'm not even going to try. Yeah. But with Jesus, you, he's patient. So what I want to do now, I want to do something really funny. Okay. So Steve, I was thinking this was funny because you were saying it. So, you're like, <laughs> so what you're saying is God's justice is just too big, too complicated for us to really wrap our head around. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put it in nine neat boxes for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now right? we're going to make it super so, simple. So here's the caveat. <laughs> we thought it would be really useful to lay out, here's some provocative ways to think about God's justice and see if there's like a box for thinking about justice that the Bible uses that maybe you've not really used before because yeah. it might help you identify a blind spot. So this is starting to just put a, a framework together about That's a, it. an expanded, whole, more holistic yeah. view. And so it's a tool. Yeah. Like it's not going to get every okay. little bit of justice. It's not going to explain everything. But I found this really helpful teaching mm, on mm. this to mm -hmm. have a framework. Um, it just pulls some stuff from Scripture um, to help us think about it. And... Um, that's a that's what we call doing biblical theology. Yes, like we try. Okay. We, we have a question. We pull some stuff out of the Bible to try and help us answer yeah. that question. Um, but we're often missing some bits. That's why we keep on reading and searching. Okay. And so, so what we're going to do is go through some of these aspects real quickly, and just talk about them enough that um, you can kind of catch the idea of what that box is about. But it's it'll be up to you to maybe grab one of them and give it a little bit of thought, like explore it a little bit, pray about it a little bit. Because each one, and I think we've done podcasts on these before, like each one could be a book, let alone a podcast. But it's not an answer on each of these. It's question it's it's stirring conversations in these yeah uh, around this framework kind of like a, oh god cares about it this way let's be Do curious I care about it that way about, mm -hmm. about yes mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so um i uh, so uh, uh, this comes uh, from some teachings in the past so i'm going to assume that i thought about putting them in an order <laughs> so we're, we're just going to go through them okay. and hopefully the yes. order will help us. Sounds good. So the first aspect is community. The mm. justice has to do with community. So when people are just, when people are godly, when people are righteous and just people, when they do justice, not it doesn't just mean like they are strengthened or their home is strengthened or their family is strengthened, but it means the whole community is affected and strengthened. So having people doing justice in a community is actually something that strengthens the whole community. Okay. And I've got a quote here from a, a great theologian, Bruce uh, Waltke, um, who says, the righteous are willing to disadvantage themselves to advantage the community. The wicked are willing to disadvantage the community to advantage themselves. And so that points out there's like something about injustice, which is like I'm taking from the community. Mm. So they're being forced to sacrifice to, to benefit me. But there's something about justice, which is actually sacrificial. I'm going to gain less and not take from the community to contribute to the community. Mm -hmm. And so there's, yeah, there's something selfless. Self about justice selfless it's sacrificial really you we are i'm not first the community is first it's for the greater good yeah yeah and but i i, I would also 
point out that like you you can't just stop on this facet of it. Yeah, this isn't you know, justice because suddenly you're in, um, you know, uh, communism almost. Yes, yeah. you know, just in in and of itself, if you just have that is your is the only you know definition yeah. of judge of justice. You know, you can get tripped up. Yeah, and that's this holistic idea again. Because yeah. there's mm-hmm. clearly there are there are people who, um, like they tune in to this aspect of justice more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, like people who uh, care about like the uneven distribution of opportunity mm-hmm. in a community mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on like different contributing factors like mm-hmm. ethnic background, economic background, mm-hmm. things like that. And they can see how um, yeah, there's something imbalanced in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, this comes to the fore when you think about like, hey, some of our policies, like, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is uh, like a true narrative of things, but just an example of something you hear in the media. Like, hey, some of our public policies really um, privilege the super rich to stay rich at the expense of giving opportunity to the poor. Mm-hmm. Right? Something like that. Yeah. Like that's <coughs> that's a sort of uh, and hey the but, and these rich people um, actually have a responsibility to the community mm-hmm. because of what they got and the position they're in, and they shouldn't use it this way. They should use it this other way. Like that's an example of people who like understand this dynamic of justice. Yes, it comes naturally to some, and it also. I mean, call the elephant in a room. It's this is polarizing in the different political parties, yeah. right? Like yeah. one political party really thinks about this more than another. Yeah. And so, but I think we're going to see as we go through these nine, you know, it's not all one sided in one no. political yeah, arena. Definitely. So if, if we um, split people up by gender, mm-hmm. ethnic background, political background, all these things, we're not going to find that for any of those. Yeah. Because I've done this as an mm. exercise in mm. a classroom. It's mm-hmm. really fun. Mm-hmm. Like pick pick a factor yeah. and be like, so is one side, has one side got all nine and mm-hmm. the other side missing most of them? No. Like, no. Yeah. It often breaks out kind of 50-50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it just shows our confusion about yeah. justice when yeah. we try to map God's yeah. justice onto political systems, social systems, things like that, like human systems. Yes. That human systems are not doing a good job of capturing this. And that's okay. Like, because yeah. the the people and the institution that's supposed to embody this in the world is the church. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's what and we're doing. That's where it gets a little mm-hmm. bit sad because then mm-hmm. you look at different types of church. Yeah. And especially churches that are a bit more political. And then you're like, oh, but like, the church is not doing a good job at this either. Yeah. So we can lament our society and be like, man, I want to go do justice in my society. Mm-hmm. But we also probably are going to lament the church. Mm-hmm. Like even our church. I know there's aspects of this we're better at mm-hmm. and not good at in others. Yeah. Um, we have room to grow as well. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so, so that's right. really important. So and, and, and I hopefully as we go through, we'll maybe spot some opportunities to be like, oh, look, this group is really good at this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so we'll see like a range of uh, people. So what's number two? Should we keep moving? Yeah, we, we got to keep moving because so. we could talk about all of these for a long time. <laughs> like uh, you said, there's a podcast on each yes, of these. Yes, so let's not demonstrate let's there's not a podcast on each of yeah. them, yes. Um, so the next one is corporate responsibility. So this is the how is that different from community? Yeah. So so community is about 
what we owe to the people around mm. us. Okay. And the idea that I actually have like a moral pull towards the needs of others. Okay. Right? Corporate responsibility is that what the community does as a participant in that community means that now the moral desert of those things is something I have to reckon with too. So as a participant in the community, what happens in that community is something that I, it, it reflects on me. It pulls me in. Now there's a nuance here because it doesn't mean that I'm responsible. So say like, I mean, um, you know, like say something horrific happens, like everyone on my street gangs up to boot out that one single mum because they think she's made bad life choices and they get her kicked out of the neighbourhood. And I, I was like, that's horrible. That's the wrong thing to do. You know, I, I hated that it was going on, right? But it still happened. But like when I meet that mum leaving and she's angry and frustrated like i'm still a participant in the community that's kicking her out mm. now i didn't personally so i've got a nuanced mm -hmm. interaction with okay her, right but yeah. there's something about my position that means like what happened in my community like it says something like about me mm -hmm. it, and, and maybe and, and sometimes it's like maybe I should have done more. Maybe I could. Maybe I could have stopped it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you couldn't stop it, and the fact that you couldn't actually speaks not to something you proactively did wrong, but a weakness that you were powerless, and that powerlessness is bad, and something like that. So, mm -hmm. so you see, there's mm -hmm. a, a wide range of nuance in here. Yeah, but, in but there's there's something about this, and we see it over and over again in the scriptures like like daniel in exile trying to reconcile himself to god and his people to god repents on behalf of his ancestors mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. realizing that the sins of the ancestors like cascade through their culture and heritage to still affect these people yes and that they need to reckon with the weight of what's happened in their community uh, or like um, in Second Samuel, God holds the whole of Israel responsible for Saul, what one king decades ago's treatment of the Gibeonites, even though Saul's now dead, because because they have an opportunity for restoration. So so mm -hmm. he's not holding them responsible in terms of like, well, Saul did something, and I've punished Saul, and now I'm going to punish you too. But it's like another aspect of justice is coming out. And it's like, I punished Saul, but you haven't restored. Right, right. And corporately, you're responsible for restoration. So I'm calling you to do something about it. And because you're not, this is like a new form of injustice. Right. That's really helpful, I think, as we go through here to to just remind ourselves, these aren't just ideas we have. This is I, I, That's really helpful to see where in Scripture we're seeing this. God, you know, sort of un you know, unveiling what justice really looks like. So that's, I, I thank yeah. you. Yeah, and, and I think, um, like, clear examples of this in our culture would be um, talking about, in terms of gender and race, especially in the U.S. at mm. the moment, mm. talking about the role of privilege mm. and things like that. Like, hey, um, 
because of your background and upbringing and opportunities you had because of like and, and it's not like a rule but because the tendency to have more privilege because mm. of your skin color being different or you know the other way around less opportunity um, you know um, and again, that's very complicated. But you know, something like that sort of mm, mm. insight is like there's something people are picking that there it matters. And then the idea that maybe recognizing your privilege should make you think, okay, so like, does that is there some responsibility that attaches to the way that um, who I am and what I have and what I get to do now? actually reflects some imbalance in my community mm. and i think people have a really hard time with that because they say well i wasn't responsible i didn't choose to treat me that way mm -hmm. i didn't treat to do that mm -hmm. I, you know i didn't choose so because we we're, again we're thinking like did you make a personal active choice for which you are morally culpable because punishment mm -hmm. so i'm mm -hmm. thinking of justice in terms of punishment mm -hmm. And it's like, no, this kind of responsibility is less to do with, with that and more to do with recognizing like, oh, I'm involved. Like the hooks of this injustice, their lines connect into me. And if I don't do something about that, there's a responsibility there. And at the same time, you're not directly involved because you didn't make that decision. You are involved by the fact that you're part of the community yes but something else is happening is that by n being um complicit you are actually being changed from into the type of person who is around it enough that someday you might be the person to make the wrong decision and to sin and and to and to perform the act of injustice just by being part of this community. It was okay for them to mm -hmm. do it. So now I'm going to do it, you know? Um, and so that is actually a, um, a, 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 this idea of like sin being, being around sin can cause you to, to eat more easily sin. Um, and, and so that is also happening. Um, and, and it's the, it's like kind of the ripple effect of, um, being part of a community that is unjust. Yeah. And so it's not be, it's not just about being the cause, mm -hmm. but maybe being affected by, affected. being stained by, being polluted by, and if we don't cleanse ourselves. Little by it. little. So mm -hmm. this is a way to think about holiness. It is, and it's a blind a, spot. A twist on that. It is, yeah. absolutely. There's lots of themes that can come yeah. out, but I think this is like, this resonates with me because it's a blind spot. Yeah. Right? We don't realize it's happening, you know? Yeah. And, and I think... Again, like we talked about the way we're wired in our culture to think more legislatively about punishment. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a lot of creativity and insight and listening and observing and understanding of our place in the world to see like, oh, I didn't even realize that like that thing has a hook in me. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. um, we are... I think uh, there's a lot of people that find this a very hard aspect to grapple with and often because of a miscommunication because they're like, it's the word responsibility. I didn't choose it. Yeah. How, why are you calling it's me responsible? It's a hard word to be pinned So with. that's a bit mm -hmm. tricky. Mm -hmm. But even if we're like, want to think about it, it's like um, we don't have a lot of uh, good insight to help us understand this. 
because this is not a way that our culture has explored responsibility very much. So we're not very knowledgeable about it. Yeah. So that's just another another twist on this one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like the flip side of this kind of responsibility, the things we're talking about, mm-hmm. the third one is individual responsibility. Yeah. And this is like home base for a Western mm. culture's way. Yeah, of we understand this. Yes. Much easier for us this one. Uh-huh. Um, it is the idea that like my personal choices bring about harms and goods that affect me and other people. And those harms and goods, I'm morally praiseworthy or blameworthy for. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, sort of very sort of baseline for us. And clear, like clearly, there's lots of groups that understand this. Our legislative system is really strong at understanding how to process this sort of responsibility. I will say there's twists on this kind of responsibility that we're not good at processing. Like, it's really hard for us to understand how to interact with someone who's responsible because they were negligent rather than they, like, were actively... Actively, consciously. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the difference between, like, um, someone dying at your hand through negligence Mm -hmm. and someone dying at your hand because of, like, secondary murder? And that's a very situation-specific... Yeah, so so there Mm -hmm. are aspects of individual responsibility that we're not always very good at understanding. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but still, I think this one's a um, a little bit easier for us to understand. Okay. And do you see how it how like we're putting these in boxes, but they overlap? They do. Yeah. So if I understand the community thing, then individual responsibility is just the community thing is individual responsibility just the horizon <laughs> extended out, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so these things they all interact and overlap with each yeah. other a little bit as well. Like the con- yeah. a lot of the concepts are shared. Yeah. But you can also see how how flawed sort of this individual, like if that's all you focused on, individual responsibilities, everything, that would lead you, you could be led into this performance. What I, I make the yeah. right choices, things work out. I make the wrong choices, things don't work out. And we just know that's not true. I mean, Proverbs, all over Proverbs, yeah. really, in, in all the time yeah. you know, speaks to this. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, the next one's, are maybe a little bit more to do with like understanding our relationship with others. Mm. So the first one is equity. So it's this idea that actually our differences matter in God's Mm. eyes. As God's calling people into justice, some of like our different contexts, situations, needs, and things like this uh, matter. And I, I think the obvious thing here is like, um, one of my favorites is uh, the, so the the bits of the harvest that were kind of on the edges of the field were for the poor. Mm-hmm. And this was something like a social institution to care for the poor that God um, set up in Israel and actually said, like, you may be the farmer, it may be your field and your crop, but those edges, they actually belong to the poor. And when the people prevented the poor from getting what was actually theirs um god got really upset (laughs) yes and called them on it because what they were doing is um they weren't treating everyone they weren't recognizing that the poor were poor like they weren't honoring their situation they were treating Mm. them the same as themselves like well i've i've got power and ownership and so i'm going to do it this way you don't have power and ownership, so you can't. And it's like, no, no, you've you've misunderstood. You haven't played spot the difference. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen how the opportunities are different. You haven't seen how the 
um, like the power and privilege and and these sorts of things is is different. And so, this is something that um, God cares about, like spotting the difference. Um, but as we spot the difference, the aim, and this is one of these like I, I see this in some cultural narratives, is a call not to make things right but for revolution to a new form of imbalance explain so, that so, so so it would be like rather than coming and i'm making this up and i'm not saying it's right it just as an example okay right um, rather than coming up with new taxation policies that distribute wealth and the opportunity for wealth and the things it affords us mm-hmm. in a more even-handed way mm-hmm. it would be like Robin Hood. Well, let's steal from the rich and give to the poor. And if that means the rich get treated unjustly, so too be bad. It, it doesn't mm. matter. Mm-hmm. Because curse them. I'm upset. We're frustrated. We've demonized them. And it doesn't matter. And so, like, this is this idea of equity. Equality is treat everyone exactly the same. Equity is treat people according to the opportunity that they've been given. And the resources? No, that's have? that's equity. So equality, equity, is treat, right? Yeah. No, that's what I said. So, yeah. So, yeah. so equality is treat everyone yeah. the same. Yeah. So like, hey, uh, and 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 this is almost like here's the version of how that could have played out in Israel with mm-hmm. the edges. It's like, well, the poor, you know, they have the opportunity to take from the edges of the field, um, but I should have the same opportunity. If they can do that, I should too. Mm. And be like, but you're the landowner, and you, if you do yeah. that, there's not going to be any left for them. Mm. It's like, yeah, but we all have the same opportunity. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's how equality can misfire. Whereas equity is like, let's try and make things right. Let's try and balance mm-hmm. and honor people's value and needs and mm-hmm. things like that. And it's way more nuanced and complicated. Yes. Like way more situational. Because who's the one determining the balance and needs, right? That could also be. And even one action may Mm -hmm. like help balance one need, but then disrupt another one. Yeah. So it's very, very complicated, this one. But um, it's something God God cares about and calls people um, into. Like the ingredients of equity are at work in a lot of Israel's laws. So, yeah, it's it's an important one there. Okay. Um. The, the next one, an aspect of justice is advocacy. So doing justice, um, one way to do that is like I'm going to, I, I have within my power to do something to make it right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed the poor or give refuge to that person who's been unjustly accused or, you know, like whatever those things are. But sometimes we're not in a position to just make it right. It doesn't lie within our power mm-hmm. and someone else's agency and insight and like something else needs to happen. But what I get to do is like come alongside to encourage and enable justice to happen. So I'm like a contributor by coming alongside those who need to step into justice. Like mm. and and need to step into justice in terms of like I could advocate with the unjust to try to pull them towards justice, but I can advocate with the victims of injustice to try to pull them towards justice and things like that. So uh, there's a there's a coming alongside factor in justice. Yeah, you know, it makes me think about Jesus, like yeah. who is seated at the right hand of the Father as our advocate, advocate. advocating with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, advocating for us, you know, with the Father. Um, it's an aspect of justice that we get to use our voice, our position, because maybe 
there's a way we can be heard or and we can be an influence that someone else can't be because of an injustice mm-hmm. that's happened mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, you actually see this um, advocacy play out a lot in even God's own action through the prophets. Like a lot of the prophets, when you think about what they're talking about, is they're advocating for the for poor, the, the widow, the orphan, mm-hmm. the marginalized, the refugee, that like the people who had no voice and God actually is advocating for them. Beautiful. So God God shows up not just advocating in salvation as Jesus justifies us before the Father by advocating for us, but also God shows up advocating for justice on the earth by using his voice through his yeah. prophets and his people. Yeah, I was going to the beginning of James. When he talks about um, looking after orphans and widows you know, very specifically. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're called to do that, and so advocacy is like using our our influence, and it's a close cousin to this yeah. other one of like justice does have to do with power. Mm-hmm. Like, what what actions are we able to perform? What influence are we able to bring um, because of our position and things like that? And one of the models we see for justice, and Jesus is the bright shining example of this is actually he gave up his privilege and his identity and his power in order to associate with the lost and the marginalized Mm. and the weak which is all of us sinners in order to be able to bring about justice and so it's an interesting thing like justice does involve sacrifice of power sometimes Mm-hmm. It's like it's an aspect of justice, mm-hmm. like redistribution of influence, mm. of, of possibility, of opportunity, of things like this. There's something that where just, sorry, where injustice has caused an imbalance, redressing that balance is going to mean giving up some of that imbalance. And for the people who are in the valleys, that means they'll gain. And for mm. the people that are on the mountains, that means they're going to lose some stuff. That's the nature of justice. And I I think that's really, you know, that's really hard in an American culture that's all about, like, get more, have more, do more, be more. Like, you know, those who are trying to crave, you know, more value through a better identity, you know, they don't want to give up experiences. They don't want to give up opportunities. Those who have wealth and find security in their wealth don't want to give up security. You know, so mm. there's something about justice. There's a dynamic here that Jesus shows us, and God calls His people to do. Like as God like interacts, you know, like the example of the people not letting the poor have the grain. You know, how does God put that right? Well, give them the grain back, you jerks. Yeah, like put, that's what you need to do. Put down your power <laughs> yeah, over them. Put that and stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So it's sort of obvious, but it's worth thinking about because I think there's some um, discussions about public policy and justice where I see people like not being willing. I, I like, I, I remember bumping into this. Um, this was like when I was really young student politics at university, you know, and they were having a debate about whether to stop using this company for student payments around campus. 
because that company was actually part of a multinational that was doing some really shady stuff in Nigeria or somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, there were some people who were clamoring for, um, but like, yeah, the right thing here should be determined by like us not harming, not participating in the harm of others. So like the idea of corporate responsibility. But then there were other people who were like, yeah, but um, if we don't have this, it's going to be really hard to buy stuff on campus. Like it's we're gonna it's gonna hurt us, you know, and, and not in a massive way. I've got to say, which was kind of frustrating at the time. But mm. but it was just an example <laughs> of like it's it's actually quite common to bump into an obstacle to justice being yeah. But what's the cost? Mm. Yeah. What about me? Justice costs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bottom line. Make your justice peace with it. Costs. If you're trying to find a way for there to be justice without it costing you anything, this is going to be really hard for you. Yeah. So wow. that's so this is like it's a kind of innocuous one. It seems obvious, but I but like I keep seeing this play out where people are like, yeah, but like we we shouldn't yeah. do this. Now, how to balance the different costs in the complexity of everything? Really hard. It doesn't mean like costs shouldn't be weighed, but like the idea of a cost, if we, if we build cost-free lives, what happens is the people with the most influence and the biggest voices and the biggest privilege, the ones who get to advocate the most for what costs them, you know, if the dynamic becomes, let's not cost those people anything, what happens? The, the, the privilege The privilege just get more privilege. Yes. <coughs> Sound familiar? Yeah, it does. Mm. Actually, yeah. a lot of things come yeah. to mind there. <coughs> okay, we're in the home straight. Yes. So actually, this next one we talked a little bit about at the beginning. So yeah. God's justice is about reconciliation and restoration. So punishment is an aspect of the playing out of God trying to show people what injustice is and deal with injustice and heal injustice. But just punishing someone does not heal injustice. What God is actually after is reconciliation mm -hmm. and restoration. So punishment is a tool. Punishment is not the aim of justice. So this is about like the destination that justice should get us to is reconciliation. Which is why I think sometimes seeing violence, vitriol, demonizing of others, you know, like these things as the tools that broken humans try to use to bring about justice is like, ah, oh, you're just, <coughs> I, I get that you're trying to like do something and maybe sometimes it needs to happen that way. Like there may be situations where like <coughs> um, suffering needs to be a part of the path. I mean, we're reading Habakkuk, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I, so I, I have a hunch <coughs> that that method gets used way more than it should do and what it actually ends up doing is um, <coughs> making this object of justice harder and uh, so, I, so I think as Jesus people knowing this aim it makes us cautious about what method we use to engage in justice work because we know the aim is reconciliation not that like the people who caused injustice in the past or the people who had privilege or whoever it is hang their head in shame and go hide in the corner and are never seen again. Yeah. It's not the end. Well, it's like, not the end. I like that phrase, punishment is a tool, not the destination. 
Yeah. That's super helpful. Yeah. So so two more. <coughs> and and these are maybe to do with what are elements of like how to go about justice. Um, and they're very we might actually talk about these together because they're so strong mm. they're like so strongly interconnected. One is mercy and the other is generosity. And I could have used the word grace. Mm-hmm. And grace and mercy, you'd be like, oh, that's familiar. I've read a lot of New Testament letters that start with grace and mercy. Yes, it's about how God is being just with us and being just in bringing about his kingdom. Um, but I think sometimes grace is a tricky word because we that's another topic for another day. We misunderstand it, but uh, it has a, actually has a lot to do with this idea of generosity. So generosity is this idea of like being willing to give what is not owed and earned. So the way justice gets brought about in God's economy and God's way of doing things is sometimes things get put right by giving what has not been earned. By 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 generous, magnanimous, like um, exuberant kind of generosity yeah and i know so many people that would scoff at this and say absolutely not this yeah. is like this is not what we are built for yeah. right in in our culture i think about the gospel like this yeah. is how god brings about justice yeah. with us mm-hmm. right and there's so many bits as we understand jesus's work in us where paul's like hey now go treat people the same way jesus treated you mm-hmm. i mean jesus actually said it as well uh, you know, so it's like there's a, there's a mandate here, um, and so seems like the, there's something really important here that I think is really hard yes. for people who've got an emphasis on that individual responsibility piece. Yeah. Yes, where it's like, okay, I really want this person to be helped, but they need to like make all the right choices, be the right person, do the right things. Yeah, and then like if then there's some reason that just like weirdly that doesn't lead to the right, right results, then let's help them out. It's very, very conditional. Yeah, if they don't deserve it, it, it I'm now, not doing Now, it. I will say generosity is wise. God yeah. doesn't just lavish True. everything on everyone. Mm-hmm. But I think we have a leaning that's like imbalanced in our understanding of generosity. Because again, individual responsibility matters. It's about all these parts being in conversation with one another. But I feel like for some people, the generosity part of doing justice is like a really small voice in the conversation. Well, it <laughs> seems like the, the 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 voice that comes up that I'll hear is it's, a, it's almost I've done my part, and I think what I hear you saying is like, no, that's but go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, and step in. You've done your part because you felt sort of obliged to, um, because someone had, all right, they they deserve that. But like, like go where it's not deserved. Step in where your aid, your care, your love isn't deserved, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And the source and the resource for this is truly understanding what Jesus has done for us. I believe yeah. someone can't get past like that sense of of I'll only do it to where I think it's 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 right. I'm only going to give in, give enough until I think it's been generous. There there 
they're um, de- making that determination based on just their own judgment, what feels right, and and not realizing the generosity, the true magnitude of the generosity that has been lavished upon mm-hmm. them. Because the only right response is once you realize that is to give generously as yeah. Jesus gives to us yeah. in the context of all these nine other things, right? Like yeah. it's not just like generosity is wise, yeah. like you said. And it's kind of like stewardship because mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. it's understanding that God is being generous to me so I can be generous to others. Mm. It's almost like, you know, Abraham in Genesis 12, like we're blessed to be a blessing. Mm. That sounds familiar, mm. right? Yes. Like this is the flow of generosity. So generosity is about like the ability to give where it's not earned. Mercy is about the ability to withhold punishment, shame, accusation, and guilt where it's not owed. Like, think about yeah. how God's dealings with us. Like, Jesus' sacrifice, yeah, it's, it's one of these interesting things. Like, how much, like, what's the effect of Jesus' sacrifice? I think the way in the uh, West, in our like uh, penal substitution, obsessed, penalty, punishment obsessed way of looking at the gospel is like yeah the father was appeased so the father was affected so now we're okay because he's not like he's not going to kick us anymore he's not going to come beat us up right like we've we've appeased the big bad god Mm -hmm. it just sounds like greco-roman theology it doesn't sound like christian Mm. theology and then you think like well another way of looking at it is like yeah what jesus is dealing with the shame and the punishment the penalty of sin actually it appeases us it's Jesus saying, you're not going to be treated as guilty. You're not going to be treated as ashamed. You're not going to mm. be accused anymore. And that's going to create a place of freedom for you to begin to learn to act differently. And that, that that's part of what mercy is. And mm-hmm. again, like this, this one mm-hmm. is really hard for the individual responsibility people who mm-hmm. are like, okay, I want to be generous to you. But you got to do the like you did the crime. You got to do the time. Yeah, only if you deserve only, it, I will be only generous. Only when all the punishment has been meted out can you then receive good gifts. And I just like I would hate for God to treat me yeah. that way. Absolutely, you right? said it. Yeah, yeah. And, and in in an effect, that's what the cross is about: is us realizing that doesn't need to be the dynamic. Yeah. So, as priests of Jesus, as people of Jesus being his hands and feet in the world, bringing justice in a Jesus-style way, should we not be participants in that same dynamic with others? Now, again, punishment's a tool. It's part of the conversation. It may be needed. It doesn't mean that mercy means we're anti-punishment people. It just means we have a more nuanced and judicious, open-handed look at how mercy and punishment should play out in any situation, given an understanding of their individual responsibility, but also corporate responsibility, and also how the community is a part of this equation, and mm-hmm. all and all the other things we've mentioned, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. And I like the, the phrase I wrote down for this one, um, because I think this gets to, like, most of our opportunities to to be just and do justice and not about like withholding punishment because most of us are not in the position of punishing people. Most of us don't sit as judges and, you know, um, you know, trying people and sentencing for their crimes. 
But mercy looks like this. It's the willingness to go and alleviate someone's suffering, whether they deserve it or not. It looks like forgiveness too, it does. doesn't and, it? And it's preemptive, unconditional. Mm-hmm. So this is where like, I, I mean, the, the situation that comes to mind, like a friend of mine who's really good at loving the way Jesus loved. And he got to know you in your, like loads of the, the homeless people, um, things like that. A lot of drug addiction, a lot of, a lot of the complexity mm-hmm. in the injustices of what they're like. And um, one of the guys he got to know, um, you know, was in the gutter, passed out, OD'd. And, and just like another bad choice. Yeah. Another bad, you know, playing out of this person's choices and identity and community and situation and like all the all the stuff um so he picked him up and carried it home mm. and washed him and bathed him and like looked after him for days wow while he recovered um it sounds like a lot like the good samaritan doesn't it it does right yeah I, <clears throat> but i think so often there's a muscle in our culture that's like yeah, but I want to withhold alleviating someone's suffering because they deserve it. Yeah. Like they're getting their comeuppance. And, they, and, and here's the thing is like that voice is not wrong. Sometimes we need to feel the sting of sin to mm. understand what it is. Mm-hmm. But that voice needs to be in conversation with mercy. Uh, you know, so it's just you can see the complexity of this. Yeah, God's ju- justice. The, m- the more we talk about, I mean, this is the beginning of a framework, and and there's s- sub facets of all these yeah. little things in here. It's just so. Um, it's a much much bigger thing. I it go, is. I go back to what yeah. You, you said start earlier. thinking about it, and you have to go and have a lie down. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I just think I just broke my brain and my heart. Well, and I just go back to what <laughs> yeah. you said earlier. That comment still like, hey, if we think there's God can grow us in knowledge of His love for all eternity, mm-hmm. you know, this aspect of God as well, His character, justice, and what He thinks about justice is something that we could dwell on yeah and that's forever. the invitation to finish yeah. on is like so don't be ashamed yeah. if this provokes you to think be excited that god is going to grow you yeah and lead you and guide you and he's not over he's not going to overstretch you and overwhelm you because the resource is to show mercy when you don't have it in yeah. you to be generous when you don't understand why to hold someone responsible when it's really hard for you to do so like all of these things mm. jesus provides for yeah. And we partner with God in these things. So I, I think the invitation is twofold. It's like allow yourself to grow excited to learn about these things and then be curious, like, which of these nine things is starting to show me, like tap me on the shoulder, like, hey, you might be missing this part a bit. Like this is a growth area. Because I, I think it'll maybe be the journey of lots more years to grow in that area. Yeah. yeah. But um, that's the thing about blind spots. They're self-deceiving. They're dangerous when they're not recognized, right? Yeah. And so, um, but I think what recognizing the blind spot in this spirit of adventuring with Jesus and wanting to learn, then it breeds in us humility. 
it breeds in us like the right attitude and even just that alone is going to help us contribute more to justice so don't be overwhelmed be curious be excited for what jesus wants to do and then next week we get the rubber meets the road with some specifics actually so uh we've got a couple of hardcore weeks here of self-examination coming our way but it's good stuff because this is like this is god loving us and not not being willing to just leave us as we are so it's good stuff thanks for growing with us okay god bless Mm -hmm.